right, hello everyone, and welcome back to another edition of The Less Stressed Life, where we help exhausted and burnt out adults learn the truth about adrenal fatigue so that they can get their health back quickly. And today I'm joined with a real pioneer in the industry, Dr. Bill Cole. He's the founder and creator of the Key Cellular Nutrition and Cellular Health Accelerator Program, where he has a team of members of more than 30 dedicated health experts with diverse backgrounds that educate individuals on the steps needed to start improving their infrastructure of well-being. Dr. Bill, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, so, so I always like to start off with my guests and ask them what their story is in terms of why did you get into the world of functional or alternative medicine? What, was your, what were your own health challenges? Yeah, well, it really goes back to high school for me. Um, I was a baseball player, make a long story short. One day I was running to first base, try, try to beat a ground ball out to the shortstop. And when I, before I got to the bag, I felt something pop in my head, got an instant headache, took me out of the game. Couple of days later, the same thing happened, and they took me to the doctor. Doctor said I had an ear infection. Happened again. Another doctor said I had a sinus infection. Both times they tried to put me on antibiotics. Friend of mine said, "My dad's a chiropractor. You should go see him." I didn't even know what a chiropractor was, and uh, I went down and saw saw the guy. Took X-rays of my neck, adjusted my neck one time. Problems never came back again. So that got me started. And then I got into chiropractic and uh, had uh, you know a thriving practice. I was in partnership with a guy that one of my closest friends, and this guy was like you know he was the fittest of the fit. Like he walked the walk and uh, didn't just talk it. And out of nowhere, he lost his health. I mean, a guy preaching health to people, how to be healthy, right? And he was a national level mountain bike competitor uh, to boot. So he was when I say the fittest of the fit, he he was truly fit. Well, he just watched his health go downhill and he went to doctor after doctor, test after test. Nobody could find anything. Finally, an endocrinologist uh, figured out, this was after four years of him suffering. Uh, an endocrinologist figured out that, you know, he said, it sounds like you've got mercury in your brain because he had utter fatigue and all of these anxiety issues and couldn't sleep, like super, couldn't deal with stress in any way, shape or form, right? He would hear loud noises and he would have to have his, his kid, his wife would have to take the kids out of the house. He just couldn't stand any kind of noise. Well, he said, uh, it sounds like mercury. And uh, Dan said, you know, I thought the same thing, but I had my blood tested and it's not. And he said, well, you did the wrong test. You've got to do this other test. And they did it and it was mercury off the charts. So he had his answer, but it took him another four years to figure out how to get this mercury out of his brain that was creating all of these downstream type issues, you know, symptom wise. Uh, watching that happen, watching a guy, a guy that you thought was the, the picture of health lose his health through no fault of his own, uh, it really opened my eyes and it got me thinking in a different direction. And here I am today, basically dealing with those type of situations. Yeah, it's interesting to, to hear that. I think we, as you know, I'm a chiropractic physician as well. And I had injured my back and I hadn't, I didn't really know what chiropractic was. And I'm from a traditional family of allopathic providers. And hey, you need to go for surgery. I mean, it was a 2.5 centimeter herniated disc at L5S1. And uh, I, I, just I just graduated with exercise physiology degree. I'm like, I'm going to exercise. I'm going to get this better. I went to a chiropractor. And after that, I realized, okay, this is what I want to do. But then my own health in terms of fatigue, exhaustion, burnout, stimulants, uh, lots of studying to get through stress, um, burnt me out by the time I graduated. And, and like yourself, 
um, or with the story you had with your close friend, Dan, realize there's more to it. So when you discovered that or that he had mercury poisoning and, and brain chemicals and, and having to get rid of it, how did that switch up what you were doing um, with, your, with your own practice and how that became your new sort of mission in life? Yeah, well, it's just, it, I, I, I can tell you, there's even a little bit deeper, Ted, if you don't mind me going into that, but yeah, that was the first part of it. And that got me thinking, man, like what's going on out here, right? Are, are we seeing some kind of a tsunami that we're not even dealing with? And it was about that same time. It was shortly after he started to get better, actually started to realize, how do I get this mercury out of my brain? They had a tragedy in the family where they wound up, him and his wife wound up adopting two seven-year-old twins, a boy and a girl. And the boy uh, was on the autism spectrum and he would, uh, he would hear, you know, paper crinkle and he would run into a corner and cover his, his ears and scream and taking these kids into the house, the doctors uh, that were treating the boy said, look, he's never going to be normal. He's always going to be on medication. He'll never go to regular school. Right. Well, Dan didn't accept that. He knew what he, he experienced with his brain issues. Right. And he knew that this kid had had uh, some sort of a reaction to a vaccine. He was actually starting to work with the mom before she, she passed away. And, um, he brought him into their home and they started dealing with this from that, uh, you know, why perspective instead of merely treating the symptoms. And today this kid that was supposedly unfixable is 22 years old and you'd never know he had a single problem, you know? So that to me, like when I s saw that happening, it was like, okay, I, this is, this is a bigger deal. You know, we have something approaching our shores in this country right now, now health-wise, that I really think is the tip of the iceberg. And it just got me excited. And I realized as much as I love chiropractic, and I still do, that there are, there are bigger fish to fry when it comes when, in terms of health. And from that point on, I just felt like I've got to get out. I got to stop seeing patients one-on-one, -on -one, right? Because I didn't have any time to, to really do the things that I wanted to do in my heart now. And I figured out a way to do that. And I've transitioned into it now. And I, I'm so glad that I don't look back at all. I'm so glad that I did it. Right, for sure. I mean, every adversity has that seed of greatness or that seed of, of mission-driven purpose now. I, the same thing happened to me, Bill. I had the decompression, the DRX 9000. And I was wondering why are, why are some people getting better on this and some people aren't? And that's where I started getting into functional medicine and like, let me look a little bit deeper here. And then you see signs of inflammation and all is not right in the body and, and like asking them, okay, do, if we want to take this to the next level, we got to see what's happening at the cellular level. And that's really what you're doing now. So I would say that, you know, that's a really good point. I actually had three DRXs myself and I was really heavily into that, but, you know, having, I've been doing this for 37 years and there's been a dramatic shift, even as a chiropractor, the ability to help somebody chiropractically, it's, it, it changed drastically. Uh, we would have people come in, in in the early stages when I was in practice and you would do certain things that were predictably effective. And then you started to see that wane over time. And uh, then you started to see strange situations come, coming in, like women, for instance, who couldn't lose weight no matter what they did, no matter how much they exercised, no matter how little they ate. Uh, I used to own a Gold's Gym in my hometown, and it used to be easy. You, they'd come in, you put them on a health program, put them on an exercise program, they'd lose weight. Well, that changed in the 90s, in, in the later 90s. 
And uh, looking back on it now, I, I believe I know what it is. It's just this toxic insult that we are exposed to, right? And especially women. And, um, you know, that, that was just part of that whole process with me realizing that there are things now that chiropractic isn't going to touch because they can't even hold an adjustment because they're, right. so, you know. Absolutely. So, so that's good that you, you got into that area now. And as far as with the set, well, well, let's, let's back up first. So, you know, my audience and, and I have a website called the truth about adrenal fatigue, because it's my mission. When I suffered with my own exhaustion and fatigue problem, and I had already had an exercise physiology degree, a psychology degree, I graduated from chiropractic college. And I'm like, what the heck is adrenal fatigue? I've never heard of that before. And, and then only to find out that it's a non-accepted term. It's not legitimate. Uh, they laugh at you. It, you're not taken seriously. You're actually thought of as a symptom magnifier and one of those difficult clients or patients. And they just want to get you out of the office and refer you to someone else so they don't have to deal with you and take this or that just because you're anxious or you're depressed and you need to control that. And I thought, wow, if, I, if I'm... If I'm not aware of this and being treated this way, how many other people are. And so that's become my life mission is to educate people that at the cellular level, you have a fatigue based problem, but I don't want to steal your answer. So what, what do you tell people that, uh, that adrenal fatigue is, or I'm, I'm sure you have, you know, with your coaching and with your programs, there's a component of problems with fatigue and exhaustion and burnout. How do you describe that to people and what it is? Yeah, I mean, just first off, though, with that whole, you know, allopathic viewpoint, like, you know, it's, it's pretty simple, I think, to understand for people that they realize that the medical doctors are the way they're trained. If you can't give somebody a test to be able to say, well, hey, look, you're pregnant, right? It's black and white. And if they don't have that, then pretty much they're dismissing it, you know, so their, their mindset is, is such. But I mean, just from, you know, a clinical stand, standpoint, you don't have to be in practice very long before you realize that stress is playing a massive role in people's lives. And when people think of stress, what do they think of, Joel? They're thinking like emotional stress, right? But there's physical stress, there's chemical stress. Your body is not really gonna differentiate. Ongoing stress is gonna, it's gonna create an adrenal response. And um, what we are teaching our clients is that you know, we have these different stressors in our life. Maybe you might even have uh, genetic weakness, genetic susceptibility that gets turned on by these stressors. Uh, maybe you have uh, these stressors creating ultimately a leaky gut in your, in your uh, body, right? So it's creating a situation where you're driving inflammation at the cell level. Uh, the analogy that we use is that the medical doctors, you know, they might identify some kind of an adrenal problem if they're on the ball even, or a thyroid problem, that would be a better example, right? And they spend all of their effort dealing with that, what we call downstream issue. And by downstream, I, I, I want to use this analogy. If a person has a, a stream that's running by their house and they've got fish in that stream that they love to see, Right. And then all of a sudden they notice those fish are getting sick or they might be dying. They're not thriving anymore. Maybe the plant life isn't thriving anymore. Well, they can go out and they could try to deal with that issue. They can even put new fish in to the water. But if the problem is actually 20 miles upstream where there's a chemical plant dumping mercury, let's say into the water, 
you can deal with the fish and the plants all day long. If you don't deal with the real cause of why they're having a problem, then you're not really going to do anything other than treat the person symptomatically. And I believe that's what we're seeing the effect of, right? We have these different stresses, one of them being chemical for sure. I mean, I was just reading the other day, the average female is exposed to or using 12 different beauty products and exposed to 168 different chemicals almost every day. That's just from one thing in their life, beauty products, right? So we have these stressors that are creating these downstream issues, adrenals, thyroid, and then we're focused on that. But, and I'm not that there isn't a good a reason to focus on the adrenals because certainly you can help that person in the middle of their crisis as you're really starting to deal with these more upstream causative factors. But that's the, the essential thing that we're trying to teach our patients is that we've got to get to that cause. We've got to get to the root cause reasons as to why you have low energy, why you can't lose weight, why you can't deal with stress. Yeah, it's a great answer. I love it. And as far as the difficult clients or the client, not difficult, but the hard to help clients that were no longer holding their adjustments in the 80s and the 90s, it's even harder and harder and harder. And I would say upstream is not one major cause but causes and plural and, and not even that, just the, the vicious cycle that it creates over and over and over again. And what I'm really excited to talk to you about though is now that I know you were owner of a Gold's Gym and the original biohackers and how they <laughs> use um, carb variation, um, let's kind of, if you don't mind, get into that a little bit because I think that your knowledge of, 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 of those hacks and how to cycle and variate and actually customize a recovery strategy to get at the root cause and, and implement that with your strategies. How, how do you go about doing that from, from the moment? Like, okay, like pretend I don't know anything and you know I have major health challenges and you wanna get upstream. What's your methodology, Bill, in, in doing that? I mean, so we're approaching that from a cellular perspective, right? We automatically know that the cell is where all function happens in the human body. Our cells are our building blocks. Uh, you know, they're the foundation of our existence and all function comes from our cells. So any dysfunction that a person has, any symptom, any disease is always traceable back to something gone wrong at that cell level. So, you know, that's going to be our foundation. We need to identify what are the things that are damaging us from a cellular level. And by that, I'm even, you know, we're, we're talking way upstream at the brain cell level. And so it can be a bad diet, right? It can be too many toxins. It can be not enough quality sleep. It can be stress in our lives. It can be nutrient deficiencies. It can be that damaged leaky gut. So we're first of all, looking at this thing from a multi-therapeutic, multi-factorial standpoint, instead of just like, looking at that one issue that the person might have come in with symptom wise. And um, I, when you when we're looking at it from that perspective, I mean, it's it's can potentially lead us into a lot of different directions. I mean, it can be mold in a person's home, it can be cavitations, old root canals. Uh, there are a lot of things that people are not even thinking of that can be at the root cause of this. But you mentioned about the, the carb variation, right? Diet variation is what we say. We have, the, we have the typical American who comes in and they're basically eating the same diet day after day, week after week, year after year. They're driving what we would call mTOR, which is this growth pathway, 
And it's not a bad thing. It's just when you stay in mTOR all the time, it's highly inflammatory, right? And it can create its own set of problems. Our ancestors didn't live that way. You know that, Joel, right? Where you, you had people that seasonally, they didn't even have access to carbohydrates. So maybe during the wintertime, they were eating a low carb diet and they were eating high fat diet, medium protein. They were in ketosis. They didn't know what that was. They didn't have the name for it then, but they were in ketosis. That was out of necessity. And then come spring, summertime, they had access to berries and they had access to tubers and roots or whatever that increased their carb load, got them out of ketosis. Now their body's more in a sugar burning mode. And that variation, as we know now through science, is really helpful for things even like our microbiome. Just changing the way that we're eating can change our microbiome. It can change inflammation in the body. It can resensitize our cells to their hormones. And so while we don't have to eat like that anymore, we can choose to just go to the convenience store and eat bad all day, every day, right? Uh, we know, though, that we can make these changes. So we take the typical person, this female, let's talk about that female who can't lose weight no matter what she does. She's super stressed out. Um, you know, nothing's working. She's got a, a maybe a auto, autoimmune diseases that have been identified. And we say, okay, that low energy you have, that's a sign of something going on with you, right? That inability to lose weight, to burn body fat for energy, that's a sign of deeper issues. So we're gonna take that person, we're gonna say, instead of being stuck in sugar burning mode, because the typical person that we know, especially female, they are relying on carbohydrates as their fuel source. Our body gets energy from fat or carbs. And so we're saying you're stuck in, in sugar burning mode. You're stuck in carb burning mode. We need to get your mitochondria, your energy factories inside your cell, good at burning fat for energy. You might think it's an inconvenience. You're talking to the person right now. You might think it's an inconvenience that you just can't lose weight, right? Or that you're, you're, you don't feel as, as energetic as you should be, but it's really a sign of something deeper. It's driving inflammation in your body. It's one of the reasons why you can't think straight anymore. It's even affecting your gut. And so we take them off of that high carb type of existence, get them into ketosis. And that's our goal. We cut carbs way down and just that shift, that shift in metabolism, where now we're forcing the body to burn fat for energy. It makes such a difference, not just in the ability to start burning fat for energy, but really change all of these underlying health issues, these red flags that are staring us in the face and we're not connecting them together, but they are related. They're all related together. Yeah, no, that's a great answer as well. And I think that just to add on to the, the mTOR thing or the growth phase, you're right. It's not a bad thing. I mean, to gestate, have a child to repair as a builder of muscle, you want that growth. But you also knew like you just can't go balls to the wall and expect it's going to be linear. And you're just you got to kind of cut into um, changing up and variating the, the body, especially based on ancestrally how our body has evolved over the millennia. But one of the things I was going to say that I've been researching, Bill, is all of the environmental factors that push mTOR that we're not even aware of, like EMFs push mTOR. And we're not escaping that at any time soon. Um, I think there's a thing to this internet. I think it's going to catch on, you know. And then as far as um, iron, we and we enriched foods with iron. Um, we enrich fortified foods with with synthetic vitamins and folic acid, which pushes mTOR. 
um, pesticides and sprays push mTOR. You know, you were talking about that mercury from that plant 20 miles up, but you know, I think it's estimated over 90% of the water is polyester based um, hormone disruptors and endocrine disruptors and estrogen disruptors. So it's really hard to, you know, to turn mTOR off enough to allow your body to be metabolically flexible, to be able to tap into healthy fats. But I guess what I would like to know is, you also know the flip side of autophagy, and you also know um, as uh, perhaps like you look like a guy who worked out and who's owned a gym and understands the different phases of growth and cutting down. So how do you apply that now? Like what are sort of those clinical pearls or the nuggets that you use once you've just identified getting up upstream, getting them to shift their carb burning to fat burning? Yeah. Um, but what are some of the other tools that you're, you're using or strategies? Yeah, sure. Uh, and, and getting into autophagy is really, um, it's a major thrust with us, right? Because we, we want to be moving in and out of fat burning, sugar burning, but we also want, um, we also want to get into that autophagy state where your body is preferentially going to start burning up damaged, disease, dysfunctional tissue. I had someone say to me the other day that, and I'm sure you hear this all the time, that things like fasting, it's starvation, it's not healthy. And I was like, no, it's, it's the opposite. Like we were made to fast. If you don't believe that, how could our body automatically go into burning up damaged, disease, dysfunctional tissue when we stop eating food, right? That's, if that's not a sign right there that we were made to, to fast. And then at the same time, you start increasing, uh, you know, juvenile cell production, right? So stem cells start increasing tremendously. Uh, we were made to fast. So we incorporate that, Joe. We do intermittent fasting. We'll do partial fasting. Uh, we even get into extended water fasting. We try to prepare for the extended water fasting, prepare the clients, because a lot of people that are stuck in sugar burning mode, for them to just jump right into a five-day water-only fast, it's going to be rough. They're going to have a rough ride with that. But yeah, fasting is, is certainly uh, one of the tools that we do also. And then we also do this diet variation. We can take it down to uh, weekly. We, we, we might have somebody once they're in ketosis for a while and we're seeing positive change. It's the same with ketosis. We don't stay, we don't recommend that anyone stay in that all the time. And so we might do what we call a 511 program where we're five days a week, they are in ketosis. One day a week, they're fasting for 24 hours. And then one day a week, we're super loading carbs. They might be getting 200 grams of carbs a day. And that that variation right there is going to keep T4 converting into T3. Uh, a lot of other benefits that'll happen in terms of metabolic, keep the ball rolling. And so there's just a lot of different ways that we can vary the in and out of that mTOR, autophagy, ketosis, and sugar burning. So it all adds up to a, a lot of positive benefits that science is really, really showing the effect of that now. Before it was mostly conjecture. I used to be a bodybuilder and I would know that if I, but I didn't, I didn't know what it meant, that if I would train too hard, if I, and I'm getting ready for a show, right? And I would be dieting super strictly. And then I would see my results start to, to go down and even reverse in some case, I would start looking worse. And then one day that was happening before a show, I couldn't take it anymore. I just lost motivation from seeing everything in reverse. I had my wife order me a pizza and I ate that entire pizza. And it was only weeks before a show. I thought I had blown it. 
And I got up the next day and I was like, holy cow, like I look, I look so much better. Right. So right. That, that was my first instance in realizing that we've got to vary things and we get, we get real benefit from that. Yeah, no, that, that's really great. And, and, you know, I'm going to segue into, cause before we started, you, you told me you used to do one-on-one and you even mentioned it in this interview. And then now you have a, um, you're able to do group calls or group coaching and module systems. But the other thing I thought was interesting uh, is the shifting of, I think the early adopters for functional medicine are test happy, right? And they want to do all these different tests, not, not test happy for themselves, but hey, I want to help you. I, and I want to give you so much information. It almost becomes putting the cart before the horse. And it also becomes just too, too much information where the real actionable steps are what you just mentioned. So, so maybe you can tell the listener, I think it's a good tell for maybe a functional medicine doctor, like when you're playing poker and you know they have like a really good hand, a good tell for someone who's in functional medicine that may be new to the game is running a thousand and one different tests, right? Because they want to know like, yeah. you know, they want to help you. But so maybe give us a little elucidation on that as to why you know you don't feel the need to test as much anymore and why that actually helps someone versus hinders them yeah they you can get lost in that for sure and even from the patient perspective they can get super focused on it and um i I just i did the same thing right when i got out i just like i wanted to gather as much information as possible and you want to be able to show somebody on paper like this is what's going on with you right and you do that enough and i I think I probably have done more blood testing than most people for sure. I'm an old man. I'm 62 and I've been doing this a while. And um, I just got to the point. I actually, the guy that I'm telling you about, um, Dan, right? This is my partner, my uh, business partner. He's, he, he has his own thing now where he's teaching doctors how to, to, to implement what he learned, you know, through his own struggles. And I called him on the phone one day. And, uh, and this was a few years ago. And I said, Dan, I said, question for you. I said, if you did, if you couldn't run any tests, you, could, you never had another test result in front of you, how much do you think your, your results would change? And he said, almost nothing. And I had felt the same thing myself. And, you know, the thing with us was, when, especially when we got involved with this whole virus thing last year, uh, you couldn't even do the testing a lot of times because the labs were uh, they were not keeping up. And we have a, we have a, we see a lot of people and um, I just was forced into it. And I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm not going to do that anymore. We're going to rely on what I believe that I know. And I can tell you that our results have not suffered one bit without a single test, because generally, you know, this, it's the same thing that we're seeing with people, these unexplainable illnesses. It goes back to that cell level. What are we doing? I named those stressors, right? Is it diet? Is it toxins? Uh, is it hidden infections? Are you dealing with uh, you know, sleep issues? Are you dealing with stress issues? Are you dealing with nutrient deficiencies? Tackle those things. Look at that from that multi-therapeutic, multi-factorial standpoint. And I'm telling you, 99% of the issues, even more, uh, you're going to get the same results. You're not going to need to do all of that testing. It saves the clients a ton of money number one, but uh, it goes even deeper than that. I think there's a lot of downside to that because they get so locked into something that is literally could go, they could go back the next day and do that same test and it could be a different result, right? Yeah. 
Is it even accurate? Like it even relates to the to the saliva testing, right? For uh, for the adrenals, a lot of times people are given bad information. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I did a study once where I used two different saliva companies to test my cortisol, and they were so different. And I, I don't do saliva testing anymore. I do like the Dutch test, but I'll tell you what, I agree with you where if you're addressing the found, assume guilty until proven otherwise, right? Let's just assume everything is inflamed. Let's assume you have micronutrient deficiencies, you have chemical exposures, you have pathogens, you have, you know, all these different things that are going on. What would we do about it first? You know, what would we, we want to dial down that intensity switch of everything. And that a lot has to do with just adopting a healthier diet and getting micronutrients that your grandmother would recognize as real food, you know, and doing all these basic things. But I would also say too, like, as you know, like the, some of these perfect storm clients that come in to, to you now are so perfect storm in terms of they have all of the environmental triggers and all of these potential genetic susceptibilities where for me, I do like a nutrigenomic DNA test as a blueprint, like, hey, let's just put the blueprint on the table and let's kind of see like what your potentials are. And then you could, you could still not do any other test after that, implement strategies like what you're doing to help that patient. And when they hit plateaus, or they don't feel like the needle's moving any further, then that's where you can say, hey, you know what? You have a potential to not be able to lower your glutamate and we gotta be aware of that. Or you have a potential where you're not able to repair your cell membrane and we need to be able to do that. Would you, you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. for sure. There's, not, there's gonna be a big distinction between more of a functional test versus you know, what we would consider to be more of an allopathic test. That's what I was mostly talking about. But for certainly there are going to be specific tests out there that are going to show us or at least guide us in areas that we can pay extra attention to focus with. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I had a client who was in through the VA and they ran like major like celiac issues and major challenges. And that just drives me crazy where it's like, okay, you're not celiac. So go ahead and eat gluten. Right. Because, you know, just cause, and I always tell people, you know, all celiacs are gluten reactive, but not all gluten reactives are celiac. But just, Bill, I was looking, like I do a case review, I look at the stacks of paperwork and I'm looking through it and I'm like, there's nothing in here that's qualitative information. It's just basic blood right. work and they're making all these assumptions and, and they're not diving deep enough, let alone they're not doing the 80% of becoming cellularly healthy to help move the needle. You know, it's very frustrating in that regards. Yeah, very much so, yeah. So, so, okay. So as far as now, like, I'm interested to know, like what you do as a practitioner, you said you have um, different coaching programs and different, like, can you, so give us a little information on, on how that works and what that does. Yeah. Most of the, what we're seeing right now, our thrust has been uh, females age 40 to 70 who are essentially dealing with known or suspected hormonal issues primarily thyroid, Hashimoto's, right? But you know as well as I do that they're going to come with a lot of adrenal problems. These things go together. And, um, you know, we are, we're getting a lot of these people who come in with Hashimoto's. They've got underlying autoimmune disease. And we're looking at it 
from the cellular perspective, we're teaching them what we call the five R's of cellular healing. R number one is you've got to remove that source. You know, is it going to be the toxins? Is it going to be infections? Whatever it might be. Are you living in a moldy home? Uh, those type of things have to be identified. If you keep throwing gas on a fire, you're not going to put the fire out. Uh, but then from there, we've got to start upregulating energy, right? So most of the people that we see, they're, they're dog tired. They're women who can't come, they can't even imagine coming home after work and cooking a big meal, cleaning their house, or, or not even ever believing they can go spend an hour in a gym working out, right? If they can't get their energy level up, they're not going to heal. And how much energy does it take for a person to heal? I'm not talking about like, you know, you scrape yourself a week later, you're healed. We're talking deep-seated issues here, brain issues maybe, that might take six months or a year or even two years to heal. That's a lot of energy reserve that they've got to be able to direct toward that healing process. Well, if it's not there, they're not going to heal. So we've got to upregulate uh, energy levels. There's natural ways like we, we were just talking about in terms of diet variation that can do that. Certain types of exercise, once they get to the point that they can exercise, uh, that can help to do that. But reducing inflammation in the body, you know, uh, regenerating the cell membrane, that's one of the, the, cell, uh, the five R's. We're, we're big in, in fat consumption, right? We've been told for years, fat causes heart disease, fat makes you fat, fat kills you. We're saying, no, it's bad fat that bad fats that do that. Good fats are going to do the opposite. That cell membrane that's damaged, it's made of two layers of fat. Your brain is 70 to 80% fat. If you're in pain, your nerve covering 70 to 80% fat, right? So the biggest missing ingredient in the standard American diet is healthy fat. So we're doing what we call the 180 degree solution. What we've been told is wrong. We've got to do the opposite. We've got to do what our ancestors did when they didn't have obesity. They didn't have diabetes. Nobody had heart disease to speak of in any great numbers or cancer, right? But we've been told that the foods that they ate are taboo. We need to do the, you know, we need to get away from them. No, we're saying no. 180 degrees of what you've been told. So that five R's is our major thrust, uh, Joel. We're, we're focusing on that cell, always with the understanding though, that whatever you might be seeing downstream, there could be deeper issues happening in the brain. I know I'm babbling on here, but uh, uh, a important point to know is that these toxins that we're exposed to, many of them have an affinity for our hypothalamus in our brain and our pituitary. That's use and control for our hormones, right? Adrenal, thyroid. And if we don't get up into that area there and we start dealing with the fact that that accumulated toxins are going to potentially be manifesting itself further downstream, then again, it's just, it's more of that just treating symptoms. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because when you get really nerdy like us and you get into the, the cellular mechanics, it's almost like a sci-fi movie where these, these pathogens or these inflammatory cytokines or these heavy metals or these, these just these endocrine, dis, they call it endocrine disruptors, they're mitochondrial disruptors, they're enzyme disruptors. They kind of know like, okay, if we can take out the firefighter crew, you know, or we can stop the recycling of antioxidants, or we can slow down the production of ATP, or we can poach and parasitically, you know, steal from your um, machinery, 
then those are going to be the key hotspots that we're going to focus in on. And ultimately, that's what research shows now is like heavy metals will, will slow down recycling of antioxidants or slow down the ability for ATP production or slow down the ability for neurotransmitter production. And, and that's what we're seeing. We're seeing exhaustion. We're seeing like just crazy amounts of behavioral depression, aggression. Yeah. You know, it's, it's scary yeah. to think about. It is, and, and I, I think we haven't really touched on it a lot, but this whole damage to the gut, this leaky gut syndrome that we're seeing, over 1,600 studies in, in medicine, they call it intestinal permeability, right? Uh, and we might call it leaky gut, but Hippocrates, the father of modern medicine, said that uh, he believed all disease begins in the gut. I used, to, I used to not believe that, and I used to actually rail against that. It didn't make sense to me. But the more I got into this and realized that there is almost always some basis for these health problems in an unhealthy gut. It's the, it's the antibiotics that we're taking. I was reading not long ago that the one round of antibiotics can wipe out 30% of our good bacteria. How many people listening right now have had two rounds, five rounds, 10 rounds over a lifetime, right? And then it's, it's the uh, antibiotics in our food. It's the antibacterial soap how much antibacterial soap has been used over the last year. You know, chlorine in our water, insecticides, pesticides, glyphosate, the active ingredient Roundup, it's endemic in our food supply. Even organic food shows some traces of glyphosate. It's everywhere. And four seconds after it hits the lining of your gut, it begins breaking your gut down. And, uh, and then it does even on other nasty things like picking up aluminum, heavy metals, and delivering it to your brain like a taxi cab. So, yeah, we've got to go down to that gut level too and, and start working on fixing these damaged guts. And that driving inflammation every day, my experience is if we don't focus on that, that person isn't going to get their full health back. Oh yeah, I agree. I mean, let's let's put like aluminum in deodorant and just smear it onto our body every day. And let's drink out of plastic cups that, you know, are going to have um, disruption to our endocrine. And let's put um, you know, it's just pesticides in the foods and let's give our cows antibiotics and hormones. And it's like, we're the weirdos for, for calling these things out. Like, you, you know, it's frustrating, but do you, is there, I know you are very mission driven and purpose driven and have battle cries. I've been to a, uh, learn it to live it um, seminar before. And I love, I love the message. I really do. Um, is there a bigger message message or mission in terms of, Hey, we don't just want to help at the cellular level per se. Like I always say, you you know, frequencies first, right? Frequency is energy, it's wavelengths and, um, that impacts the cell. And then the cells come together and form tissues and tissues become together, form organs, organs come together, form systems. And then upstream from system, actually, you know, on the other side of system is frequency again. And really what you want is the frequency up, you know, at the cellular level above and frequency at the system level being in coherence so that now that all flows nicely. I guess the question I have for you is, is there a deeper purpose? Because I always thought that if we can get healthcare practitioners together and really try to make social changes, like with what we're doing with our GMOs and what we're doing with our, 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 
you know, adjuvants and, and vaccines and what we're doing with so many things, aluminum and our deodorants, like, is there a mission on, on, on your, on your business model? Or is there a message that I don't mean to put you on the spot, but no, you know, no, you do. I mean, it's, it's super valid because without that, where are we going to wind up? Are things getting better or things getting worse? I mean, they're, they're markedly worse, right? I think that's the whole thing with that change in the nineties that I saw from the time that I graduated, uh, talk about getting upstream, right? Like if we can deal with the body, but if we're not dealing with all of these issues outside that are damaging us, then we're in deep trouble. And the, the, I think the thing we're, we're so up against right now is that they've got the forces aligned against us, man. And it's, it's a battle, right? So you can get into deep trouble speaking the truth right now. And right. we're seeing that happen all the time, but I mean, somebody's got to, we've got, we've got to have people that are willing to step up and just speak that because otherwise we're going to get buried. And that's, that's what we're seeing that in other areas of life right now. But there are these inherent truths out there that relate to health. The system is against us. We are being damaged and we're being damaged in the name of economy or whatever it might be. So yeah, yeah I, I totally hear you that we're, we're, we're doing our part to, to get that message out. Yeah, for sure. By doing this, you know, the, the analogy I look at is the, the, the analogy of um, thinking about, I just lost my whole train of thought. That's, that's great. Um, though we were talking about how making a difference. Um, oh, geez. I, anyways, hopefully it'll come back. It was, I was excited to tell you about it, but <laughs> forgotten what it was. So I always like to ask my guests, Hey, look, um, you know, you're, you're, you're a wise sage guy now, and you have all these uh, battle scars, if you will, on your armor that make you stronger for the next battle. What would you have told sort of the, the bright eyed and bushy tailed Bill that you <laughs> wish you would have known then that you know now that could have made a bigger difference, a bigger impact, propelled you forward or given you some enlightenment that would have avoided some of the trials and tribulations? Yeah, I... I think as it relates to health, it's just that we get so focused on the symptoms, right? And we say it so many times that I think it might even lose the impact with us, but this is, this is how things work, even in the natural field. Like we can rail about the medical doctors and we can say that, you know, they're focused on symptoms. They give you medications that are not dealing with the cause and the medications are harming you and blah, blah, blah. And it's true. But in my experience, even in our realm, in the natural field, right, uh, when you're dealing with uh, this alternative scheme, you're, you're still seeing the same thing only with supplements. And I'm not against supplements. We use them. But you're not going to make up for what we're seeing with supplements. It's not going to happen. And that's why people have bagfuls of supplements. They come to our offices and they, they're never getting their health back. Man, we take more supplements than any nation in the world too. And we're still the sickest nation that's ever lived. So yeah, the young me, I wish I would have had more of that focus, that real focus on cause, because I talked about it, Joel. I talked about cause as a chiropractor. And in some ways we were dealing with that, but we were really missing the bigger picture. There, the things you just talked about, all of these things that make up this, this paradigm, we, we've got to, to look at that thing in total. And I think that's what was missed early on. 
Yeah, it's a great, it's a great answer. It's one of my best answers in terms of it's not just greenwashing the supplement uh, or the medications for supplement purpose and say, okay, I, I did the work, you know, the cold hard reality is there's no beanstalk with the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that right. you can just plant that and do it. I remembered what I was going to say. So basically what I was going to say is, um, you know, the analogy is sort of like the insurance based model. Right. And we know it's broken. We know it's an acute based model. We know it's about politically incorrect saying like we we're not really going to get you better. We're just going to keep you sicker longer and we're going to give you the medication. But why can't this be a win win in the sense that even the, the powers that be that stand to lose a lot of money if they were to switch things, how they were, you know, what, what they were, what the new paradigm would be. Why can't it be uh, a win-win a where they will be more profitable with a healthier solution? So in that way, like insurance companies can start uh, charging a lower premium for their healthier people and give them incentive to be healthy and save a lot of money on unnecessary procedures, reward the client that takes those risks or to takes those lifestyle changes to lower those actuary tables so that now more of the money is in the insurance dollars. They're passing some of the savings to, to them and you know, they don't have to fight the dogmatic unbroken system. Why, why, why can't we do that at, a, at, a, at, a, at the same level of health and, and all the crappy shit we put, excuse the language we put in the, uh, in the, in our products. And yeah, so. I think that the, the answer to that is probably because it makes too much sense. You know, it's just like, look around. I mean, does anything we see right now in health make a whole lot of sense? It doesn't look, does the last, last year in so many months make sense to anybody? I mean, to me, it doesn't. I don't even, right. we've, been, we've been focused on one thing when right. who, who's been talking about the immune system, who's been talking about building yeah. resistance, right? The, the sensible things are, are not, uh, they're, you're generally not profitable, but the way you described it, yeah, that makes total sense. But I, I don't yeah. have a lot of hope that we're ever going to see that. Yeah, I don't, well, I hope we do. I, you know, I, I look at my wife likes to watch those murder, murder shows and the mysteries and stuff like that. And there's the whole, uh, conspiracy theory of uh, Son of Sam and David Berkowitz and how he didn't act alone. And because the, the police department wanted a nice, quick and easy, um, you know, uh, a conviction. Um, but, you know, I don't get why. OK, well, hey, we, we looked, you know, we looked at the case more uh, thoroughly and we found out that this is what's actually going on. You come up looking better versus not. It's just. <laughs> Common right. sense is not common, right? You, you no, know, that, that's the point. Yep. Yeah. So how do people find out more about what you do, Bill, and, and where to reach you and how to get in contact with you and, and into the programs you do? Yeah. So I'm technologically incompetent. So I'm reading here, but it's uh, drbillcole.com. Uh, you can go to Dr. Bill Cole on Facebook uh, and Instagram. You can tell awesome. I have, you can tell I have a giant team that does everything for me. Oh, that's good. Listen, you got to spend the time doing what you're best at, and that's helping people make health changes and get their lives back. So listen, I appreciate the time that you shared with me today. Um, lots of interesting content um, to share with, with our listeners, and I wish you nothing but future success in, in all your health endeavors and business endeavors and family endeavors, and wish nothing but the best for you. Thank you, and likewise, Doc. Thank you much. Love Thanks, being Bye -bye. Yeah, Thank you. 
Thanks for tuning into today's show. If you like what you've heard and you're interested to see if you're a good fit to work with our Adrenal Awakening program, here's what to do next. Head to adrenalfatiguesociety.com forward slash apply and book an appointment to speak to our team. Here's how it works. We'll get on the phone for about 45 minutes and get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, where exactly do you want to be with your health and where are you now? Number two, what are the genetic components that haven't been discovered that are impacting your health? And number three, what are the environmental triggers that may be overlapping with these genetic components keeping you from getting optimal health? Remember, getting your energy back just won't happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make that happen. We've helped clients all over the world transform their lives, quadruple their energy, and fix their metabolism and make the world a better place. To see if you can do the same thing, head to adrenalfatiguesociety.com forward slash apply. I'm Dr. Richard Joel Rosen, and we'll talk to you soon.